read you a little bit. This is a, just stay seated tonight. I tell you what, let's stand, let's pray. Let's pray over this. And then I'm going to let you be seated because I want to read something. It's a little bit lengthy. It's uh, about 24 verses. But I'm not going to preach on all of it. But I run across this a, a, a few weeks ago when I studied. I studied on another message and I run across this. And I, the Lord just touched my heart with that. Uh, what, good, what good teaching it was for the days in which we live. And uh, for especially hostile t- kind of days. And uh, so I, I want to share that with you, but it's a little bit lengthy to read. I want to read, and I want to read all 24 verses, but I'm not going. There's only really one, one big thought in it that I really want to bring out, but I always say that, don't I? I bring out 10. <laughs> but uh, let's pray tonight. Let's ask the Lord to bless our time and uh, to bless his word and uh, to bless everybody that's come out tonight. Brother Marks, you want to pray for us tonight? Good brother. The Lord would say to us tonight that this is the house of praise and you're my people and I inhabit the praises of my people. And when I'm in your midst, my glory is manifested to heal, to save, to deliver, to rescue, to minister to you tonight. And this glory, this purpose, this divine ministry that's given by my Holy Spirit is given not only for your sake, but for the sake of those that don't know me. I'm sending you into the harvest, says the Lord, with the power of my spirit, if you'll receive me, and allow me to work through you with my power and glory accompanying you to reach this great end time harvest. You're here for a reason. I've purposed you. You're appointed and you're anointed says the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Give him the praise tonight. Give God the praise. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this service and this message, God, and ask that you'd anoint our pastor in Jesus' name and anoint our hearts to receive. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Come on, give him the glory tonight. Give him the praise. We bless his name. We bless his name. Amen. We bless his name. We lift him up. All the glory, all the glory, amen. You can be seated. I want you to be seated because it's a little lengthy. It's Wednesday night. You've been working hard this week, and I know your bones is tired. Your bones is tired, amen. And let me say, I thank everyone that's helped out so much, too, during this whole sick time, and I appreciate all them that's jumped in on a minute's notice, a second's notice, and uh, and I, I'm so thankful, thankful for, for the have those around that can do that. That is just awesome. Awesome, and uh, it, it helps being sick a little easier, <laughs> being a little easier. So anyway, uh, but I want to turn to John 7 tonight, John 7, and I want to read. We're going to start in verse 1, and, uh, and then we'll read down to verse 24. And uh, I'll try not to be, belabor it much as we go along. Uh, I'm going to do my best. A lot of times I, it's hard for me to just to read through and not say anything, but I'm going to do my best after I get by verse 1. <laughs> listen, listen to what the word says. It says in verse 1 of John 7, And after these things, Jesus walked in Galilee, for he would not walk in the jury, because the Jews, listen here, sought to kill him. I want you to think about that. And I know you know the story. I know you know how they really come against him. But, but here's, here's what, here's what come in my heart as, as I had studied this passage. They sought to kill him. And, of course, 
You're going to see here in a minute, and you already know the story, but, but though Jesus was careful at times, and, and Jesus calculated and no doubt under the guidance of the Spirit moved in those hostile environments uh, in different measures, but he never stopped going into them. Just because they were hostile. Just because it was a hostile situation, he never, he never held back. Now, he picked his seasons and his times, and he moved with, with great care, carefulness, I believe, but, but he, he didn't ever stop. He never stopped. And what come in my heart is I got to see that because we, we, we still don't know the hostility that is in this story or the hostility that much of our brothers and sisters around the globe face. But, but we are have entered a time to where it's more hostile. People are more hostile towards the truth, more hostile towards uh, our beliefs, uh, our intolerance, they say. Uh, our, our firm convictions. Uh, matter of fact, the, the world the world wouldn't have a problem with you if, if you wasn't so strong about what you believe. If 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 you didn't have such strong convictions. Uh, but so we're we're starting though we're starting to understand a little more about the hostility that that maybe this text is speaking of, especially in the cultures. And then the, uh, the world's view of us, it's already there. The world already hates us. I said the world already hates you. It does. Uh, yeah, media, Hollywood, and the world already hates us. But let's, let's go on and let me try to read this now uh, without stopping. Anyway, so Jesus, uh, they sought to kill him. Now in verse 2, now the Jews' feast of tabernacle was at hand. And his brethren therefore said to him, Depart hence, let's go into Judea, and thy disciples also may see the works that thou doest. For there is no man that doeth anything in secret, and he, he and he himself seeketh to be known openly. For thou do these things, show thyself to the world, his brethren says. For, for neither did he, now at this time his brothers, his, his human brothers, didn't believe in him. Then Jesus said unto them, My time is not yet come, but your time is always already ready. The world cannot hate you, but it, but me it hateth, because I testify of it, and that the works thereof are evil. Go ye up unto the feast. I go not up yet unto the feast, for my time is not yet full come. And when he had said these words unto them, he abode still in Galilee. But when his brethren were gone up, then went he also up. See, he, he didn't hold back. He didn't not go. He, he took it on his time. But anyway, he went up to the feast, not openly, but as it were in secret. Then the Jews sought him at the feast and said, Where is he? And there was much murmuring among the people concerning him. For some said, he's a good man. Others said, no, he deceiveth the people. Howbeit, no man spoke openly of him for fear of the Jews. Now about the midst of the, of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple. Does this sound like a man that was afraid? Front and center. Went straight in to the temple as 
as Main Street as you can get. This was Main Street. He went into the temple and talked, not just held out at the back. You know, like sometimes we do at church, we, we slip in and sit on the back or whatever. I'm not picking at nobody that's on the back, by the way. But you know how just kind of trying to just slip in and slip out or whatever. Well, no, no. He come in and said, give me that microphone. I got something to say. Right in the midst of all the hostility. Amen. Amen. And, and, and he talked. And then the Jews, in verse 15, the, Jew, the Jews marveled, saying, how knoweth this man letters having never learned? And Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but it is his that sent me. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. He that speaketh of himself seeketh his own glory. Right here is a fine piece of scripture. He that speaketh of himself speaketh. Seeketh his own glory, but he that seeketh his own glory, uh, that he that seeketh his glory that sent him, the same is true, and no unrighteousness is, is in him. Did not Moses give you the law, and yet none of you keepeth the law? Why go you about to kill me? And the people answered and said, Thou hast the devil who goeth about to kill thee. Jesus answered and said unto them, I have done one work, and you all marvel. Moses, therefore, gave unto you circumcision, not because of it, uh, not because of, of Moses, but of the fathers. And ye on the Sabbath day circumcise a man. And if any man on the Sabbath day receives circumcision, the law of Moses should not be broken. You, and you are angry at me because I have made, and he's talking about the man he had healed. That's one of the reasons they were all mad. It, I have made every man this ever whit whole on the Sabbath day. And then he says this, and this is, this is just a powerful little statement. Judge not according to appearance, but judge a righteous judgment. Judge not according to appearance, but judge a righteous judgment. Thank you for your word, Lord. Bless it in your Son, our Savior, our coming King's mighty name, in Jesus' name. And all church greens say, Amen. 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 I got hung up on this, actually studying another passage and uh, looking at some scriptures that, that, that kind of led over into this. And, and as I, I got a hold of these scriptures, I couldn't get away from it. Now, I'm going to have to warn you, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of start one way, but, but, but as I got into it, the Lord kind of bent me another way. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about or not. Uh, the, what I really want to deal with tonight, really, and what stirred my heart was, was really how Jesus, how Jesus handled a hostile environment. <laughs> I hear something squeaking over there. How Jesus handled a hostile environment because it just intrigued me uh, of how, how he could handle the hostility amongst all of this and, and, not, and not even not be fearful, uh, not hold back, not pull back. I felt like, man, this is, this is, this is what we need in this hour because of, of how much we will hold back, how much, how much sometimes we shy away, how much sometimes that we let down. And, and with the Great Commission, there's no letting down. No matter, no matter the fear, no matter the, the threat, no matter the hostility, no matter, no matter the, the environment. So tonight, I want to just share it, but I've got really one point I want to get to. So I'm not going to beat on this long. 
But one of the things that come out in this, uh, you know, he was facing hostility. He was facing it from outside and even within. He's, even his own brothers were, 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 were pushing him to, you know, make a big show. or what, because, because of their doubt even. Uh, they, they plainly didn't believe at this time that he was everything he was claiming to be. Now, his disciples, uh, some of them were, were full on board and were with him. But, but even his, some of his household, how I many sometimes we, we know that Jesus come and he come even to separate households sometimes. Sometimes the, the, he, brung, he brung the sword to even the house and, and sets that family sometimes at variance because, because of faith in him. Uh, I know I know. when I first got saved, a lot of my family was like, oh, I'm not sure about this Jesus thing. I'm not sure we can hang out anymore. But thanks be to God, of course, they all come to see Jesus the same way I did. And, uh, and all that's cleared up now. We, we, are, we are a unified family now under the name of Christ. And that's the way it's supposed to be. Amen? Amen. But I like this thought. I like this thought because this is kind of how Jesus handled it. Uh, and this is, this, you need to get a hold of this because in verse 6, verse 6, he tells these brothers in the midst of all this and, and even in the hostile environment, he tells them, he says, my time has not yet come. And what it was, what it was is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus understood. Jesus knew that he was misunderstood. You know what? He, he knew that everybody was misunderstanding him. How I many know sometimes we get a lot of hostile fire? Matter of fact, about all the hostile fire I've ever took on, was because they just didn't understand me. They didn't understand my true intentions or my true heart. We was kind of talking about this a little bit before church, some of us. I mean, I'm not going to sit behind my desk and give somebody a biblical opinion or biblical instruction or, or biblical truth uh, w- without the good intention. I mean, what, what sense does that even make? You know, I got good in mind, but sometimes people misunderstand or, or, or through whatever works is going on, whatever's happening, whether it's emotions and flesh and, and what all. And, and sometimes they view me even as the enemy, dishing out truth for the good. And I have found this to be the case, especially in these last several years. It seems like it is ramping up that, that when you do share truth and share it as biblical as you can, that there is a hostile pushback. There's a hostility that, that comes out of that, especially, especially if you start pushing into areas where people don't want you pushing into. Amen? But Jesus knew. He knew he would be under, mis, mis, misunderstood. He, he knew that, and that's why he stands up and says, you don't get it just yet. That's really what he was saying. You don't get it yet, but when my time, it's going to all clear up one day. And, of course, his brothers, it did. It could, to, to, they come to, to, to believe that he was who he was. Because when his time came, the misunderstanding, and that's the way it is a lot of times with us and with hostile situations, you're just being misunderstood. And the only reason I say that tonight is to encourage you, is to encourage you. I think the only reason Jesus brings this out in this time and this is to encourage you. In other words, don't be offended. Don't get offended. Don't get offended. It's because people, people are going to misunderstand you. You make your stand, and you, you stand on truth, and you believe in your conviction, and you stand on your faith. And if, if you're misunderstood, well, don't, don't be offended. But, you know, don't, 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 don't fight back. Don't get defensive. Don't write people off. Don't fire them. Don't fire back. No, no. No, you, you, you get a hold of what Christ had there. He said, this will all come clear in the truth. 
than it really will. He said because he understood that. Jesus knew that, that they would be, but, but don't pull back from them. But then he tells them why. He said, it's not really you at all. He said, it's me. Because the world hates me, Jesus said. That's why. The hostility is not about you. That's why you need to stop being offended. You need to stop pulling back. You need to, that's how you need to handle the hostile environment. Is realizing it's not you. It's Jesus they hate. That's who it is they hate. And it's your connection. And the reason they hate Jesus is because when he came, he brought testimony to this world and brought out what was evil and what was wicked. And therefore, the world now hates him. Amen. You know what? Jesus, Jesus he, he was a friend of the sinner. But, but listen, listen. He never was a friend of this world system. Never. No shame. I don't know why, why it is nowadays churches, and I understand to a point, but I don't know why we think it is so attractional to, to, to be a friend to the world. That's not it. Jesus was never a friend to the world. Matter of fact, Scripture teaches us to oppose that 100% that we're not friends of the world. If we are, we're at enmity towards God. We're at war with God. But now, yes, we are friends to sinners. And there's where the hostility will come in, and that's where you don't pull back. That's where I see Jesus operating in such an awesome manner. And when I, when, I, when I tell somebody, it don't even bother me at all. If they, they, I've, had, I've had people get so mad, they say, they say a few little dirty words. <laughs> I have. It don't even faze me. I don't even blink. I don't even I don't grin. I, don't, I, don't, I, I, just, I just continue on in love and truth. Don't, pull, don't get mad. We're not going to fight her now. I'm not mad at you. Just calm down. Chill out. I'm going to tell you some more. You just don't understand. You don't understand what's at stake here. You don't understand what sin's doing to your life. You don't understand the evil that's going on. You don't understand what's going to be the fruit of this. You don't know what's going to be the result of this. You don't know the ramifications that's going on in your family or the ramifications that's going on in your spirit. You don't even know. You don't understand. And I've been sent here. I'm, you've been sent there to help try to bring understanding to this. And if you don't understand it today, that's all right. I'm not going to be mad. And I'm going to come back tomorrow, and I'm going to keep trying to help you understand. Amen. Some of the greatest, greatest success stories, I guess you'd say, or whatever, or, 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 or conversions I ever seen was, was from people that cussed me. Cussed me one day and loved me, loved me the next. And, when, and I found out when, man, you convert them ones that cuss you, they'll love you to death. I'm telling you the truth. They'd fight bulldozers for me. They would. That's just how that's how that is. You want to know why? Because it was just misunderstanding. That's what, and that's the way Jesus was. People that were hated him, but got converted, they'd fight the world for him. Amen. Amen. But, but remember, don't be, don't misunderstand it. It's not you. It's this influence of this culture and this world and this world's way. Amen. Amen. The world might like you better if you, if you go its way. But I'm going to tell you, you've lost the gospel message if you do that. You've totally lost the gospel message. 
Amen. Because the gospel message is good news for the sinner. That'll make, the, that'll make them hostile when you start saying they're sinners. But that's who the gospel's for. And if you keep telling them they're pretty good guys or they're pretty good old boys or whatever, well, you're going to lose the gospel message for the sinner. They might like you better. They might not cuss you. They might not want to hit you in the eye. But you're losing the gospel message. But that's just kind of the start of how Jesus I see in this story. And like I said, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to hurry along because the main point's coming up that really were, were I started on this bend and I ended up here. But I see something in this story. I see that and there's several other things that I'm not even going to bring out because I ain't got time. But I see how Jesus argued. And I don't really say, shouldn't say argued, but I know you'll understand that. How he argued his points. I see how Jesus reasoned his points. Maybe that's better terminology. Because I don't think Jesus really had to argue, although I'm pretty sure he was firm. And, and when he knew something to be truth, he, he would stick it in there the way it needed to be. So you might call it arguing. I don't know. But, but I, I seen something, how he would argue his point or, or, how he would, or what he would argue from or on. You know, he didn't deal with the issues a lot. And in this story, I seen that. You know, we're, we're, we're bad about getting on issues, certain issues. You know, maybe it's morality. We're gonna, somebody's immoral, and we're going to argue immorality. Or maybe it's a justice issue, and, and, and we're going to argue some certain justice. Or maybe, maybe even religion. In this story, he was dealing with religious trouble, and, and, but he don't really deal with it that way. He don't go... And deal with it with the religious issue or political. Lord help. We, I wish I'd have seen this two years ago. I'd have preached this. He wouldn't have dealt with the political. That wouldn't have been Jesus. Jesus wouldn't have, wouldn't, wouldn't have got up and argued Democrat or Republican. No, no. He would have went to what I'm going to tell you. And that's the way he did with everything. He stuck to something. He argued from one place all the time. He argued from, 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 from this one area, and I'm going to share it with you right here. Verse 18. Go to verse 18, if you don't mind. And there's a lot of scriptures I could pull, put into this, but go to verse 18. I, I want you to see this. Jesus says this. He says, and he was dealing with them, and he's just bringing out this point. He says, he that speaketh of himself, or say it like this, he that speaketh from his own authority, that's what he's saying. That's what we do sometimes. He that speaketh of himself. They, he's speaking from his, our, we speak from our own authority. Come on. What, what's he after? Something of his own. When someone speaks from their own authority, usually it's because they want something of their own. When I make them people mad, when I talk about who do I make hostile? They're speaking from their own authority. And it's usually because I want this. And they speak from that. And they tell me why from what? From their authority. Big deal. Doesn't hold any water. Jesus never does that. And he doesn't argue that. He doesn't, but he that seeketh his glory, that sent him, he's talking about the Father. Talking about the Father in heaven, he that seeketh his glory. That's from the authority. 
Jesus, I want you to realize this. I don't know if you've ever thought about this or seen this, but Jesus always spoke from authority. From that point. That's why you don't see him really in a political debate. Although he was concerned, you don't really see him in a morality debate. Although he was very concerned. You don't see him really in a justice debate. Think about all of our hot button topics of today. There's a bunch of them. There's, there's transgender, there's abortion, on and on. I mean, all sort of things we could bring out today. Well, if Jesus was here, let me tell you what he would do. He, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't take on transgender. He wouldn't take on. You know what he would do? He would get in his, his truth and he would speak from authority. That's what he would do. He would stand on authority. He would preach right from authority. And I just want to tell you, that's where we're at today. That's how he handled hostile situations. He didn't speak from his own authority. And if anybody could, it could have been Jesus. If any man ever walked the earth could have stood up and said, Thus saith Jesus Christ from his own authority, it would have been him because he knew man, he knew flesh. He knew but he didn't. He still relied, so we would know, he still relied on the authority that comes from above. From above. That's where he spoke from. When they come asking him about morality issues, what he he didn't jump into the debate on whether this or that. No, he jumped on authority of what thus saith God. What the word said, what the father said. He didn't he didn't even he didn't even pull from what his own being. He always referred back. And this is where we're at today. Because the biggest debate of our hour and of our age and maybe has ever been is the debate of authority. That's it. That's where we're at. This is an age, our age right here. Right here. It's, it's, we've, been, we've been told, your young people, it, your kids, uh, your kids, your kids, your kids that's going to grow up in this, they're, they're being taught, listen, Question authority. Every one of them. Now my age group wasn't. We were taught respect authority. Respect authority. But now, now they're taught. They're taught. Everyone is being taught. If, if it's not in a system or in school, it's in society, it's in, it's in their peers, it's in movies, it's in shows. Question authority. Question authority. And that's the problem. And I tell you what, some of it, some of it is deserved. Did you hear me? Because there's been so much abuse and misused authority. People that, that had been given authority. That's why, man, man, if you do anything for God, man. Realize, realize you're doing it on the authority and of his name. That's what I told somebody, asked me one, I told somebody one time, I was talking, well, I was actually talking to, a, to somebody, and we won't go any further, because I don't want to give them nothing away. I try to be as secretive as, as I can. I, I tell vagueness. But I remember one time somebody was asking me this question. I, I said, well, well, I'll just go right to what I told them. That way they won't even be the question. But I went right to the, right to the point. I told them, I said, you'll know, you'll know if I'm ever get caught up in morality 
or anything like that. I said, you'll know. You'll know. I said, how will, how will you know? I'll tell you how you know. Because I'll, I'll abandon the pulpit first. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. I, w- I, would, I, would, I would quit what I do now way before I ever go there. Because why? Because I respect the authority. Amen. And that's the truth. That's the honest truth about me. I would. I'm not saying I'm above or whatever. No, no. I'm just telling you, if you find out I've quit, well, you can probably look for a problem somewhere. Amen. As long as I'm here, I have some mess-ups. I might want to throw somebody's motorcycle off a bridge. That's haste, y'all. That's haste. That was haste. That was haste. Amen. That wasn't, that wasn't one of them presumptuous sins. That was all haste. That's the difference in presumptuous sin and haste. <laughs> Amen. But, but I know there's been so much that, 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 that's been misused and abused, and, and it's, caused, it's caused an entire generation to be skeptical. Your kids, my kids, their kids, over here, grandkids, they're skeptical now of authority. Why? Because of all the abuse in every arena. Every, and the church has not been out of that either. The church has been right in the middle of the same abuse. And that's why they've gotten skeptical. And that's why this is such the issue now. That's why this is so important. That's why I got on this soapbox. And that's why I say, although I went searching how Jesus handled it hostile environments, I ran right into something that was such a, such a passion, authority. It's how he handled hostile environments. But I realized, man, that's, that's what we're dealing with today. And that is, that's what makes hostile because nobody wants to listen to authority. You want to cause a fight? Tell somebody something. Tell somebody you ought to do this or you ought not do that or you ought to. Come on. You want to cause a fight? <laughs> Amen. But, but, but that's where we're at. But here's what's happened. Uh, and, and I think I, I think I say I, I think some of the skepticalness is is warranted. I'm not saying it's not because it's been crazy in some areas, crazy in some church leaderships and and various things and and, and various things. But 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 this thing has bloomed, blossomed, spread out into full rejection of all authority. And that's the bad part. It's, we, we've just totally rejected all. And like I said, church, church has not been spared. Faith and spirituality have suffered, have not escaped this. And then here's the thing. If we can't, if we can't submit to authority, this is the whole issue. That's why Jesus always argued from authority. Not the point, not the problem, because there was a thousand different problems. Just like tonight. I don't know how many people's here, 60 or 70, maybe whatever, 75, whatever's here. There's, there's a 75 multiple issues. Because we all did. See, I'm lonely. I don't know what your deal is. But we all got junk. We all got stuff. We all dealing with some things. And Jesus, Jesus, he, he, didn't, he didn't have to deal with it. You know, you know how he could read everybody's mail? Because he's stuck with authority. Stuck on God's word. He'd say, thus saith the word of the Lord. And it, and it was spot on. It was dead on. He didn't have to go into anything else. That's just where it was. And, and you realize, you realize that without this, we can't even be connected to the kingdom. Without submission, 
to the authority of God, to his word. There's no, there's, there's no other way unless we do submit to his authority. Jesus, you can throw that up there, Luke 6, 46. I know you know it, but I want you to read it anyway. Why call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do the things I say? You see, he's, that's what he's saying. He's disputing the possibility of saying he's Lord and not being submissive to his authority. Crickets. Crickets, all but a little one. Amen. But that's what he's doing. He's, he's pushing back the idea. Now, this is a world here that, that, that this is their idea. I say, Lord, Lord, and I'm not submissive to anything that Jesus says. He says that's impossible. And it is. It's impossible. Now, I'm not saying that the work of sanctification ain't ongoing in our life. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying there's got to be a point of submission. That's what they call repentance and coming to God and, 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 and seeking Him. And being submissive, saying, Lord, I need you, not me anymore. I'm tired of my own self-government. Amen. Matter of fact, I'll take it a step further. I believe this to be true. I believe it's got to be a joyful submission. I do. No. Not, not a kicking and screaming down the, the way, but no, joyful. That's why, that's why I don't do you no good to drag them up here. Just leave them back there. If they're mad and upset, just leave their tail back there. I don't want them up here running everything good that's going on. Because <laughs> I do believe you got this got to be a joyful submission. I want to. I need to. Glory to Jesus. There's a joyful submission to authority. Amen. I believe that with all my heart. Joyful. There's really some benefits to enjoy. Amen. I believe it. But, but there's the problem. There's where we're at today. That's the day we are. That's where, what's going on in our world. Jesus argued from authority how he handled it all I would suggest you'll do a whole lot better if you just argue from authority from God's word don't try to argue morality you won't win you won't but now you get up on God's word what he says and say that argue from that what God said argue you want to argue abortion well get up on God's word about life about life and how Jeremiah said from, from his mother's womb, I knew. I said, Get on authority. Whatever the issue, whatever the hot button, this age of transgender, this or that, get up on the issue of authority. Argue. Here's what I realize everything, everything is downstream from, from authority. Everything. Morality. Issues, justice, politics. At the very at the spring head, there is there is authority of God, and everything else is below that. Amen. It's nothing no higher. He is final authority. He is all authority. He has the power to command it and the power to back it up. Nebuchadnezzar didn't think so. 
Send him packing into the wilderness to act like a beast for a while. Said, so this is what it'll take to make you realize that the heavens rule. Woo! Authority! Authority! That's where it's at. Amen. You know, Jesus, he operated. Let me just throw this in there just in case somebody's going to go out here and be demanding tonight. Authority and, and love, that was Jesus. They were always yoked. You need to remember that. They're always yoked. Authority and love, that's who Jesus was. They were never separated. What God has put together, I'm going to use this right here. I know it's out of context, but I'm going to use it right here. What God has joined together, let no man put asunder. Love and authority it should never be separated because when you separate them, you get a mess. You separate authority from love, and you are a mean sucker. And you separate you separate authority and just be all lovey, 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 lovey. Well, you just so greasy, I can't hang out with you. <laughs> Amen. It's never. How I many know it works? That's the way it works. It works. You can't separate it. But that's the way Jesus did. Amen. Amen. But he, he, he didn't choose. He stayed on that. He stayed right there. Amen. He called out false authorities even. That's what he did. He called out when it was something false. He called. That's why the world hated him. He hated him for that. Amen. He didn't argue the point. He went straight to authority. Amen. Amen. It's the only way. It's the only way we'll ever progress. I believe that. And we have win these arguments on these hot button issues of our day. It's the only way some of you might win your children. Or your neighbors or your family is you keep on authority. Quit pestering the fire out of them over some of these issues and get back on his authority, what God said, what his word said. That's how he handled that. Now, they still wanted to kill him. Amen. Amen. But but that's how he won. That's how he won. Amen. Amen. Here's what I want to tell you. And I'm going to got to get ready to close. I ain't done, but I can see I got to close. Here's what I want to tell you. I want to tell you, I believe we need to put in the hard work of, of, of contesting all these other authorities, but to put in the hard work of standing on God's authority. I believe that. That's hard work. That's hard work. Because in, in the end, I, I see it in this text. I see it in a lot of issues. It's an authority issue. This is a generation that they're where they're at because they don't, they don't think that's the authority anymore. They don't think that has the final say. They think, they think that they have the final say. They think that they, I have final say. And I'm just going to tell you something. We got final say in nothing. God has final say. Yes. And I'm glad he's got final say. I'm glad that he's going to come a day and he's going to have this final say. Amen. He says judge with a righteous judgment. That's what he's saying. This is an authority issue and it comes back to God's word. Because you cannot have a righteous judgment 
without God's word. We're not capable. We're not capable of having righteous judgment. When he said, judge a righteous judgment in verse 20, I had to skip a bunch of stuff because I'm out of time. But when he comes to that, that's what he's saying. We, we're not capable. If, if we leave it up to us, we'll speak from self-justification. We'll speak from somewhere in self-authority. We'll say, we'll say things like this. Well, I believe or I feel self-authority. And the reason we feel or believe that way is because it, it does us good. We think, and when it's really killing us, it's really killing us, it's killing us. Man, I wish I could, I wish I could just shout this the way I feel it. Sometimes the word's in me more than I can ever get it out. And that's a bad thing because the preacher's supposed to be able to get it out. But dang, I see that. I see the authority that's here. Amen. Amen. Culture says keep your mouth shut. But I'm going to tell you what. You need to do the hard work of confessing. Amen. They're going to tell you to shut up and go on. But you need to do this hard work. Continue. Amen. I got to close. Preaching Mr. McGinty. It's just a couple thoughts here I want to give. Paul, where are you at? Come on up here. This is just some just a couple three benefits that comes from just submitting to this authority. Even in our own life where we're at now. But you know one of the biggest things it does? Paul was singing about I'm no slave to fear. One thing about submitting to his authority in all parts of our life, it frees us from fear. When you submit to his authority, man, there's a freedom from fear. I mean, it is. There's a righteous reward called submission. When you submit, there's a righteous reward that comes with that. It's freedom from fear. Maybe it's fear of wrath or judgment or numbers of or, or man or what or death. But when you submit to him, then you ain't afraid. Because he's the final authority. He's got the power to back it all up. Amen. Another great benefit is it protects us. When we submit to him, there's this great benefit. And it, calls, it protects us from, from something, some very harmful effects of unruly living. Keeps you from ruining your life. Keeps you from destroying your life. When we submit to his authority, what he said, what God said, it protects us from very harmful things. It's the way God set it up. That's why it's called life. Choose life. There's two ways today. Death and life. Choose life. He's the only teacher that gives you the question and then gives you the answer. <laughs> Choose life. Last one. You know this, but I'll share it with you anyway. When you submit... When you come submit to, to authority, it yields us great spiritual advantages, great spiritual blessings, great spiritual gains. Amen, it does. Because one, one of the signs or one of the marks that you're submission is true humility. It takes someone with true humility to submit and say, God, I'm wrong and you're right. And you know what that, you know what God does with that? 
just what his word says in First Peter. When you submit to him, he gives grace. More grace. Yes. More grace. More grace. It's the benefit. It's the blessing. It leads to more. 